we gonna do this thing? No, we're already doing it. I was just watching whatever that was. Great. All right. Um. Okay. So. All right. Tonight we are going to try and explain a phrase that you might hear us talk about, or you might just hear about it, whatever, in the industry or on the news. It's called the race to the bottom. Um. We've written about this time and time again. We really tried to write about it, I don't know, what, a year, year and a half ago. Um, so you might see me looking down at an old editorial to try and find my place. But, um, okay, so the race to the bottom, in essence, is, is when manufacturers out there, and, and this is happening in the automotive aftermarket, the prices are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Uh, you would think that as an enthusiast, as somebody that's buying these parts, that that would be like an awesome thing. Uh, it's really not in the long term. It's, um, it's kind of shitty for a lot of reasons. So we're going to get into, and all this is, is in the automotive aftermarket because that's what we know. Um, we're going to get into kind of what set the stage, how it happened, what the race to the bottom is exactly and uh, why we need to kind of, as enthusiasts, fight it. Um, so, all right, what, back, you know, pre-recession, pre-2008, uh, this industry was full of a lot of guys um, in the older generation, you know, guys that are 50s, 60s, stuff like that. They've been around doing this. They've developed a, uh, a wisdom they have experience they had this vast network everybody knows everybody kind of a thing and they were getting paid well uh yeah, to, yeah. So, so just to clarify you're actually talking you're not talking about the enthusiast no talking i'm talking yeah talking about sorry. The guy who works in the industry yeah right? i'm talking about specifically at this point like marketing managers man if you had that marketing director business card like that was it you know like i mean that's what we were going to college for you know like that yeah. that was you climbed the ladder you got the mar marketing gig at you know, whatever, Toyo or something like that. And, um, and so that, when we first started, I was the kid in the industry because everybody else was 40 plus years old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, you know, my, like when I got into this magazine, my dad was working in, 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 in the industry, you know, so it was, it was that older generation, right? So you had these guys, they were making good money. They were making a good living. They were supporting families, um, in the automotive aftermarket. Well, what happened in 2000 and, and whatever, let's call it 2008, right? The economy crashes, uh, shit gets bad real quick. What do companies do? Like they start cutting marketing. Not only that, they start cutting um, the older guys that are making a lot of money, you know? And so what was happening is the older guys got cut and they basically did something like this. Hey, you, 25 year old guy, you want his job? And that guy was like, hell yeah, I want to be a marketing guy. And they're like, sweet, you don't get a raise. You're still a sales guy, but we'll put marketing on your on your business card, you know? And they were like, okay, I mean. But be, wait, yeah. are, you, are you good at Facebook? Okay, <laughs> that you're hired. Well, yeah, hired. And see, that's, that's the thing. So what you have, what, the way it's supposed to go is that the old wise guy, the chief, is supposed to train the young guy, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so all of a sudden, like these guys, the older guys were pushed out and, and there wasn't that time to properly train the, uh, the young bucks. Uh, so all of a sudden, you know, that, that started happening fast. My dad was a victim of that, you know, in the automotive industry. Um, 
And, and, and I saw it happen, you know, to his peers and, and you and me, we were new, but we started seeing it happen. Like all these marketing guys that we got business cards for were gone the next year. Um, so what you had was these young, let's just call them 25, you know, young 20 somethings. It's kind of their first serious job in the uh, aftermarket. And all of a sudden, boom, they're hit with a marketing title. They yeah. don't have- They're to trade them. No, they, they, they don't have a degree. They were shoved into it. Um, they had nobody to properly train them. Let's be honest, we're car guys, so our egos are big and we think we freaking got this, you know? So like it was that kind of attitude. Um, 2008, what was happening? Social media was coming up, you know? Like, like these guys were raised on forums. They knew social media well. Um, they knew the digital world well. And so when you combine all of that, the ego and the social media and the lack of experience, um, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to go to social media to try and, and, and find their distributors to, kind of, to try and do their marketing. Um, and This was happening right around the same time period where, like you were saying, the internet, uh, mostly internet-based sales were starting to get really, really big. Right. So as we all saw, so, you know, right around the time, it became like instantly you and your buddies in a weekend could, uh, you know, buy a, a Weebly or a WordPress website and be up and running and selling parts by Monday. I mean, it was so quick and easy to make a website. Uh, and it's funny how making a website all of a sudden made you a legit distributor, which is kind of the problem, or it's at least where the problem starts with this whole idea of the race to the bottom. Go ahead. I didn't well, no, you. no, yeah, I appreciate it because I was getting lost in my, in my thought. But like, yeah, so what you had was, you know, all of a sudden 2008, like everything changed and nobody knew what was happening. Companies were frantic. You had these 25 year olds that were savvy, you know, um, online, I guess, but they lacked experience. At the same time, like you said, you had, you know, two dudes that was like, hey, wait, for like 200 bucks, we can make an LLC. We can start a freaking company this weekend online. We'll get free parts, you know, like we'll we'll just make enough to get ourselves parts like the bar was set real low But but you know, yeah. they, they were kids. They were 22 or whatever and All right, um, so now let's preface this for a second Let, Let's see what's actually happening here step by step So now you've got the manufacturer of this major parts manu you know manufacturing company the marketing division is being run by per someone who is typically Not a well-seasoned vet doesn't really know what they're doing. They're kind of grasping at straws and they immediately go to the easy way which is social media and just finding random distributors um they don't have anybody to show them the ropes on top of that you now have new distributors by the droves just by the thousands being pushed into the market uh basically to make a quick buck you know they, they most of them probably didn't get into it make to make a quick buck they kind of got they into got it. into it for passion so dreams of grandeur yeah. and passion and stuff like that and i don't but, hate but them for that, that. No, 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 but think about that combination. That is a dangerous combination. You took a very, very well-established industry yeah. and you just all of a sudden made it run by idiots, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> offense. Who, no offense. <laughs> but, no offense. And I love everybody. Like you guys are awesome. You guys but, are all idiots. <laughs> you guys did a great job. No, 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 but that is, that is a recipe for disaster because there's just simply not enough knowledge. Simple fact, these guys that we're talking about don't know enough about money and profits to truly set pricing. I mean, that's one of the first things that you have to do as a manufacturer and a distributor is set proper pricing so that everyone gets paid and you can create jobs and, and growth. Uh, anyway, keep going. 
Okay, so yeah, we're 2008, 2009, whatever, that kind of time frame. You, you had the established distributors. Um, let's just say, for example, Nopi, because uh, everybody knows Nopi. Like, you know, they had been around. They had a website that was the kind of website to go to. Um, they had warehouses, multiple stores, multiple yep. employees, like legit big business the stuff. Right way. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so you had these guys. Well, all of a sudden, you know, you had, let's just call the company like two dudes because that's what it was. A lot of times, a couple of dudes made a company. Um, so, okay, two dudes make their website. They don't have any capital. They don't have any way to market themselves. Um, they don't have any experience. They don't have any way to stand, stand up to, you know, the Nopi or whoever the big, you know, existing business is. So what do they do? They cut, cut their price, right? Because, you know, I mean, who cares, right? So, so, so they decide to sell something 10 bucks cheaper than Nopi. And they don't have any overhead, so they don't care. That, no. that $10 off doesn't matter to them Dude, at all. As long as they got beer money, they're good, right? I mean, like, they're, you know, they're doing this for the passion, which I don't hate them for that. I just, you know, what the way they're doing it is wrong. But, I don't um, they all did passion, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, what happens is they undercut the big established business. Um, so, you know, I mean, none of us are loyal online, right? We can anonymously go save 10 bucks. We're going to freaking do it. So all of a sudden, two dudes start getting some sales coming in. They're like, hell yeah, they get some freaking energy going, right? You know? And then... Uh, Nopey notices real Nopey, quick. let's say Nopey notices. They go, what the hell? So they match, right? They lower their prices to match the other company. So boom, they stole the sales back. Because if you have a choice, you're going to buy from who you know. And here's the thing: a lot of a lot of you in your head right now are probably saying, "Oh, those two those two dudes they sold, you know, they they stole a couple sales per day." Okay, but there's a thousand of these little tiny distribution yeah. distribution companies. Uh, so each of them stealing five sales a day ends up being all sales. Well, and we'll get into the bigger problem is that they've devalued the product and the industry, and we'll get into that and try and explain it. But like, okay, so you know. Nopi or whoever it is, the established business restores the order, but they had to bring their price down to do it. Well, yes. the two dudes company, they still don't have an option, right? Like, so all they can do is cut it again, bring it back down another 10 bucks or whatever it is. So they get their sales rolling again. Okay, so Nopi responds. They have to come down again. And that right there is what we're talking about when we say to the race to the bottom. Um, and it's, it's, it's devastating. What, what they've done is, it, it's like what you said, it's a lazy company. They can only sell on price, right? It's lazy competition. So they've driven down the price of the retailer. The retailer's now screwed. You know, yeah. I, the thing is you have to extrapolate. It happens again and again and again. Now the retailer can no longer um, have their multiple stores and multiple distribution centers. They can no longer afford to employ. They're, out, down. they're freaking out of business, you know, and, and they're out of business. And, and here's the kicker for the millennials is that those two dudes put the major retailer out of business, but they never got out of their parents' basement. You know, yeah. they're, they're still... Never got rich in the process. They, they did not, yeah, they got nowhere. They just slaughtered a company that actually employed people in this world and they you know and and yeah they never got out of their parents basement they never made it to that next level um yeah. and, and this brings me to another point that kind of makes me laugh all the time whenever i'm perusing social media you hear guys kind of glorify the hustle 
I'm yeah. out there doing the hustle, yeah, get yeah. that sale for the day. Man, that's the wrong attitude. You know, like like industries work best when guys are not worrying about the sale for today, when they're worrying about the growth of the company for the next five or ten years. Is yeah. when everything functions properly. And let's face it, everybody is wealthy and does very, very well. That that's when it functions at its best. So the idea of the hustle, uh, is really stupid. Um, yeah. keep going. <laughs> Oh, well, I was going to say, okay, so, you know, they, they're they're putting, uh, quote, legitimate companies out of business, which is bad enough, but it's not, it doesn't stop there because what they've done is they have driven down the value of whatever it was that they touched, whatever they were selling, um, to try and explain, you know, like, all right, let's say they were selling a product for $100. Well, when they slashed the first time, they started selling it, you know, we were, t we were going in $10 increments. So, like, let's say they were selling it for 90 You know, Nopi had to go down to 90 They went down to 80 Nopi had to go to 80 They went down to 70 Nopi's out. But the, the, the bigger picture is that $100 product that we were all valued at $100, we now value at $70. That is the new price. No matter what the manufacturer says, MSRP, $100, bullshit, yeah. it's $70 because I can find it online at any time for $70. And when you cut out that much profit, it severely limits what you can do right. as the manufacturer and the distributor. I mean, think about it. Let's just take it from the two guys in, in you know, mom and dad's basement for, for a second. Let's just say that the, the product is defective or has to come back for a reason because it's installed properly or, or whatever. It gets or you just want shipping. some good whatever. advice. Or you just want some good advice. So not only is that, are those guys probably not going to be able to provide the customer service that you want because it's just two guys trying to make a quick buck, man. They, they, they care more about pricing than they do the actual product or, or they don't know enough because they're not business professionals. But the biggest problem, excuse me, um, <clears throat> these guys, they can't incur any additional expense. So let's just say something happens with the product and now you, you say, hey, uh, Troy, I got to UPS this thing back to you. What's your UPS collect number? And he goes, I only made twelve dollars yeah. off of that sale. I can't afford to, you know, pay you to ship it back to me. Yeah, we're in the back red. To you again. I'll yeah. I'll lose money. Well, that doesn't happen when you're dealing with a real distribution company because there's enough buffer put in there to to account for all of those little instances that guess what are going to eventually happen. It's yeah. going to happen. Um, also, and from the manufacturer's perspective, whenever they're uh, you know, margin is cut out. It's not like they just get skinny and tighten their belt and deal with it. No, man, they cut R and D. They cut on material costs. They 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 go get it made elsewhere instead of making it in their own place. They'll start making it in freaking China with cheap metal and then bring it over here. I mean, there's so many well, ways that they're gonna get around you. And because those guys are those guys have families to take care of and and 401ks to build. Like, like they're they're not gonna just take it on the chin. They're gonna make you as the consumer, the enthusiast, suffer. So you're well, that probably was not getting as good of parts as you used to get because of stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, I left that out. I meant to say that when we were talking about, um, you know, the $100 part that got devalued to $70. Okay, so, I don't know, let's say company ABC makes that. Sucks for them, right? Because their part is now only valued at 70 bucks. Yes, it does, but it also sucks for everybody that makes that part, um, let's use it. Let's use an exhaust example, right? So let's just say an exhaust is a hundred dollars, um, and let's say that's a fair price for an exhaust. Um, what happens now 
is that all the other companies that were making good quality exhausts, they now have to use lesser materials to get down to a $70 exhaust where they can still make profit or they're forced out of business. So you have to compete. What you guys, what we're all doing is we're taking the quality out of this aftermarket culture. And what happens is you end up with a bunch of Chinese stuff that's rebranded with different logos on it. Guess what? That's what we have, <laughs> you know, yeah. in 2018. Like it's rare to find actually innovative products made here. You know what I mean? It's, it's, this is all what's happened. And just to go full circle, like it, this is because that 20 something poor idiot, you know, with good intentions was not monitoring who they were letting be distributors. You know, like the, it goes back to what we were saying, the, the qualified older guys, they're out. They didn't have a chance to teach the new guys. The new guys have to perform, you know, to get attention from their boss or they're going to be out. So, you know, the two dudes company goes, can we get a distribution account? And they go, the more the merrier, right? Hell yeah. They don't vet them. You know, they, they didn't do research. They weren't thinking long-term. They just said yes, because times are bad and the more people we have selling our shit, the more shit we'll sell, because that's math. You know, and they just, that's, so really a lot of the responsibility here lies on that 20-something guy that made the short-sighted decision that let these two dudes be uh, an account in the first place. Um, Anybody watching this video right now, first of all, I'm sorry. Yeah. Second of all, um, if you're getting really riled up about this, I recommend going and watching the movie The Big Short because it's about this, but like basically with the housing market and how it crashed, and it's because everybody was everybody was negligent and uh, and selfish. It's kind of the same thing. Go watch it; it's a good movie. Anyway, I'm no, sorry. Yeah, I, I got I got a thing here. Okay, just to like let's look at the point standings. Let's recap so far. So the major retailer, the Nopi, if you will, they're out of business. Uh, their former employees are on unemployment, draining the system. Um, yep. Okay, so we got the two dudes, the guys in the basement, you know, with their little parts company. They're still in their parents' basement, never got out of it. Um, they're selling you parts when they're done doing the dishes or yep. they're not selling pizzas. Like, that's, that's it. Like, and then you have the sales manager, you know, the 20-something the that got the promotion with, without the pay raise. Guess what? He still doesn't have a pay raise. And yeah. now he's trying to buy a house because he's got a baby on the way and now he's 30, right? So like, he's, he's made this bed, right? Like, so this is the problem. And all the competitors that were selling whatever product, let's say the exhaust, they now either have to make a lesser, shittier product with worse materials that's eventually gonna tarnish their reputation or they just have to call it quits because you can't compete in this race to the bottom and make good parts. So yeah. that is where we're sitting at the race to the bottom. That is the stage, that is the bed that we've made. Um, this is the exact reason whenever you look at it and you say, well, the economy's been great for the last year and a half. You're right, it has yeah. been, it's been kicking ass. But guess what? What market is stagnant? What market is not really coming out with new, groundbreaking, innovative yeah, parts I mean, dude, think and about doing it. amazing things? I mean, we, it's like the automotive aftermarket industry doesn't even freaking exist anymore uh, unless you're really, really already kind of ingrained in it. And it's because there's no freaking money in it. There's no profit. Well, and, and here's a, a, a big player to it. When you drive down the value, you drive down the allure of it, right? When the stuff starts becoming cheap 
and easy to get, you start looking a little like that guy. You know, when yeah. you're out there with your import ricing around, it's no longer like, yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like, my wife said it best, man. My wife, you know, she kind of looked at it one day a couple of years ago and said, it got weird. I'm not smart enough to know what that, you know, what, why, but the import scene got weird. It's not like it was when you were in college and I wanted to date you because of, you know, that car or it was attractive that you guys were like in the yeah. cars. Now it's a little off-putting. You know why? Because the fucking value has been taken out of this whole aftermarket. And it's yep. all because of these lazy decisions um, and just lack of overall wisdom that, you know, the older generation got pushed out before they could deliver to us. So yep. that, that, so you guys know, is the race to the bottom. And that is rock bottom. <laughs> and and yeah kind of where we are now. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I don't want to be pessimistic all the time. And, and I, I, I hope that we're turning this around. It does seem like people are getting wise to it at a certain level. But um, as an enthusiast, I mean, I don't, you know, like if you work in the industry, you should kind of be picking up on this and you should know this. But if you're yep. just a dude modifying your car, you should know this. This isn't your burden. Like after all, right? You're getting the best prices. Life is good. Like, life is good when you have online stuff and you're getting the best prices. Or is it? You know, like, I don't know. Mike, if you want to fill in, it's, it's not. Because you're getting a good deal today, but, but you're, it's like we well, said. Well, you're, you're, you're getting a whole... cheap price. It doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a good deal. Yeah, getting, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well said. You're getting yeah. a cheap price, but at what cost? Yeah, um, yeah. So, anyway... That is the race to the bottom. I hope that that makes sense, um, you know, in the way that we've been rambling about it. The question is, sorry, the question is, WTF do we do about it? Um, I think there's a couple of solid ways to fix this. It's going to take years and years to repair the damage that's already been done. Yeah, well, uh, but, but everybody kind of has their part to play in this. First of all, as, as an enthusiast, a shopper of online goods, we got to stop being so damn cheap. Pay the extra $10 from the real distributor who's going to give you real customer service and be able to deal with your issues and talk to you on the phone uh, whenever you, you know, eventually come up with issues. Um, that, that's one thing that we can do. <clears throat> yeah. It's, um, go ahead. Uh, you, you've got to, I know, trust me, I know, like, you're trying to mod your car, right? You're saving money for that part. Why would you want to save longer? Like when you can buy it now, that's the hardest thing in the world. But uh, you don't, you know, it's not about just you. It's not about just your car. You, are you enthusiast or are you not? Are you living this lifestyle or are you not? And if you consider yourself like in this culture, you've got to freaking, you got to try. You got to try and support the companies. You've got to learn how to spot lazy competition when you see somebody and they can only sell on price and they're only they're undercutting you know they're only selling on price alone like dude don't support that you get i mean i know it's hard be better than that right like we you're 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 yeah. i mean to put it politely you're fucking this industry when you support that um and then that that's kind of a slap on the wrist though because the enthusiast man you can't expect the guy modding a car to, to have that level of awareness of the greater good and, and what he's buying and all that. Like, the real 
the real whip needs to come out for these freaking manufacturers, for these companies that are letting just any dick be a distributor. Yes. That is the problem. You, I don't, maybe you're, this is your kind of field because this is the business side, but like there has to be accountability. Yeah. So, so typically the way that it's supposed to work is a manufacturer is supposed to set an MSRP, which is what they say this good is worth. This exhaust system is worth $1,000. You will sell it for $1,000. Dealer, I'm going to give you a 20% discount. You know, I guess you can kind of work within those confines if it's a special sale, a 4th of July or Christmas or some crap like that. But this thing of the year-long sale where that $1,000 part is now only uh, $900 because I only need 100 bucks a day in order to keep my life going is bullshit. Yeah, it's not a uh, sale if it's always a sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not on sale. Like, It's not a sale if it's always on sale. If that $1,000 part is always online for 900 bucks, it's now officially 900 bucks. Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different ways to, to deal with that. First of all, manufacturers, I hate to say it, man, you guys got to pull back. You got to be more picky with who you're letting being your dealer dealers. I mean, these are the guys that represent your products directly. These are your unemployed, not employed by you, salesmen. You got to pick the right guys to do that job. I mean, these guys are kind of the face of your franchise for their region, you know? So you got to pick the right guys to do it. And if you're picking people that are just hurting the value of your brand, you're just shooting yourself in the foot every single time you send them an order. It's, it's asinine. It's, it's horrible business sense. Um, next, dealers, you got to quit being the problem. You guys have got to quit pulling this shit where everything's just a cut rate slash the prices sale at all times. Oh man, we we gotta we gotta get a sale today. Something's gotta happen. There's not. I don't have enough likes on Facebook. Run a sale. That's such crap. You know, find a better way to do it. Get creative. You run some ads. Make a video. Do something else. Stop slashing prices in order to compete. That's such a lazy way to do business. If you can't compete without sell without slashing your prices, you probably shouldn't be doing the job because you're really just hurting the industry. Yeah. Um. And you had mentioned something earlier about like, okay, here's a solution. If you know that some, you know, account is working out of their freaking basement or apartment or whatever, and they don't have brick and mortar and they don't have employees, don't give them the same damn discount as an Injuka yep. Racing or whoever that is actually running a real, you know, honest to God operation with brick and mortar and, and staffs and, and customer service and all yep. of this kind of stuff. That's a great point. That's a really, really good way to get people to, to, to for the manufacturer to control control what the distributors are able to actually do. If you guys didn't follow that, it's basically taking distributor A and distributor B, and basically A is your 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 awesome distributor, and B is the guy in the basement. A, you give a thirty five percent discount to, and say you work within those confines. B, you give a twenty percent discount to. So he automatically has a 15% less chance of doing the job as A. Um, but what you're giving him, you're giving him a chance, though. I mean, to you me, are giving him a chance. You know, you're you're giving, giving him a chance yeah. to work within the rules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not this freaking yeah. free for all. Um, mm -hmm. That that's you know, it's drowning all of us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, look, this is all of our freaking problems from an enthusiast to a guy that owns, you know, a top level company. And, uh, and a good example of kind of what's going on here, how this should be, 
uh, is is because my wife buys a lot of these purses. Um, and every woman out there worth her salt knows a lot about expensive purses, right? And they kind of like get off on the fact that, hey, this is an $800 purse, you know? Check me out. I'm, I'm hot shit. And if you also notice, they also look in their friends' bags and they find out which ones are fake. They know it right off the bat. They really do. It's, it's amazing. I don't know if it's a smell or, you know, they find a little made in China tag on there, what exactly they're doing, but they know. Um, and it's funny because the automotive industry used to be like that. It used to be like, are you buying an HKS exhaust, an Apex part, or are you going to go get a pseudo exhaust? Like everybody knew what the garbage was. Well, now you don't know because <laughs> there's not enough money in the industry. Everybody, everything could be gar garbage for all we know. I don't think it is. I think a lot of it is still high quality stuff. Um, you know, relatively speaking. But well, and, and it goes back to it's hurting innovation. I mean, you know, yeah. people, I mean, the internet gives us the ability to buy used parts easier than ever. And we yeah. try and say, That's oh, buy new parts, guys, buy new parts. But let's be fair. Like, a freaking Gretty exhaust looks the damn same as it did 20 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, not just calling out Gretty. But what I'm saying is, like, the innovation, it used to... You know, back when I was first getting into this, it was like every year. This stuff was changing, man. Styles were changing. It was like yep. one tip, then oh damn, it was two tips. Then it was, you know, it was all this kind of like every year. It was like you wanted to buy the new thing, and now it's like why, why? Yeah. You know, it's it's the same the same stuff. It's and and it's stagnant because of this race to the bottom. It ultimately kills profits. It kills the ability to innovate. It kills the ability to research and develop and and. And see, that's the bigger picture. That's what you got to understand as a mature enthusiast is that when you buy something, you're not just buying the part for your car. You're supporting the brand and the culture and you're putting money into it so that it can it can grow, right? It's just, it's just like, you know, how somebody puts money into a church every week so that church can grow and do good yep. things. It's the same concept. It's not... You don't, don't, don't buy these parts selfishly. Buy it, you know, as an yep. enthusiast. Um... You know. That's a really good point. I mean, like people don't realize it, but engineers kind of run shit when it comes to companies like this. Engineers are expensive, <laughs> but you need them in order to keep being innovative and making new parts. Like, what innovative parts have you really seen come well, out of the Without them, you're just making market? shiny shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, which is a lot of what's kind of going on right now. But I mean, seriously, think about innovation. What has really happened in the past five years what has come out that's been groundbreaking i mean i remember like air ride has come a long way ball bearing turbos i remember when they came out and they were the new hot shit when i was in college but like Damn. what what else is a long time ago what <laughs> else what what new has really come out that's really been like this is going to change the car game it doesn't anymore because we can't afford to pay engineers enough to give a shit yeah yeah and on that note uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's you know, I don't know how, what else we can say. That's the race to the bottom. Um, so as an enthusiast, fight it where you can by not supporting lazy competition. And yep. if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in the industry, if you're a manufacturer or whatever, a company in this aftermarket, freaking have some balls when it comes to who your distribu distributors are. Um, you know, vet them a little bit. I'm not saying blackball the young 20-somethings, like, they deserve a chance. 
but they don't deserve the freaking discounts that you know a company with tenure has earned um and deserved so that's where we're at man i hope i hope this isn't you know just over people's heads i hope that you know if, if you're an enthusiast i understand that you might not understand this or have the need to but i hope you grasp the vibe of it and that um it makes some sort of sense because uh you know we all need to do our part so i think that this year in vegas at sema we all need to have a big powwow a big come to jesus meeting and we all need to figure this shit out uh speaking of which this would be a great time for sema to get involved yeah not uh, to call uh, anybody else doing <laughs> guys um this sounds like something that's literally in your wheelhouse um yeah. so yeah, if we need to run for something, Mr. SEMA, we'll do that. Just tell yeah, us yeah. what the hell to do. But um, Apparently something needs to get shaken up, and I'll, I'm, I'm good at that, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Done rambling. Yeah, we're done rambling, and uh, we'll catch you all later.